Welcome to a special edition of the State of Recruiting podcast from Orange 24-7, a special quarantine edition, Coronavirus 2020. Uh, as we are locked in the house, we are looking for some things to do. And uh, today, the top 247 uh, for 2022 drops, and Nick Harris and I wanted to get on and, and kind of just react to it. So, Nick, thank you for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. I've been looking forward to these 2022 rankings, and I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, obviously, um, anytime we can get you know a nice distraction from everything, that's great. Hope everybody's staying safe out there, uh, staying clean, practicing social distancing, all those good things. Um, let's jump right into to the list here, Nick. We've got a really talented class uh, in 2022, it looks like, coming off what we think is a really talented class in 2021. So uh, the state of Texas never disappoints. Um, and the headline of that class is Quinn Ewers, the quarterback from South Lake Carroll. Debuts uh, number one in the state, the number one quarterback in the country, and number two nationally. Just an ex- incredible ranking uh, for Ewers out of the gates. And, um, you know, really a guy that I think when you look at it historically, has a chance to go down as the highest-ranked uh, Texas quarterback of all time in the top 247 era, which goes back to 2010. I think he would tie with some guys like Matthew Stafford and Vince Young. If you go back to just the overall rankings uh, era, and you know, really just a special, special kid, uh, what did you see from him this year on the field, Nick? Yeah, I think we both saw him about three times this year. And uh, the thing I took away from all of it together was that each time I saw him, there was a different aspect to his game that I didn't catch the first time or the second time. And I know we both like to emphasize, you know, going out and getting as much of a data pool as we can on a kid and seeing him as many times as we can. And I don't think there's enough times you can see Quinn Ewers. Like even looking at his tape, there was still some things that, you know, I, I didn't see with his game in person that he showed in some other games. So he's just multifaceted his uh, game has many levels um I, I think probably most impressive game i saw from him was when i saw him against Denton guyer uh, i believe it was the third or fourth game of the season and uh guyer was giving him the work early on and uh quinn just kind of started to get out of the pocket um got comfortable scrambling outside of the pocket and he made some he made some plays with his legs and they came back and not only won that game but won it by about 14 or 15 so uh he, he can take over a game he's a baller he's a winner um and i can't wait to see what he does over these next two years yeah 4,000 yard passers sophomore season coming out of a, a program like South Lake Carroll it's had so many great passers before Greg McElroy and uh you know Chase Daniel Riley Dodge himself the head coach now at, at South Lake uh, a lot of great quarterbacks there Quinn's got the chance to be the best and you know in that last game against Duncanville the only loss they had that year against Nick we saw all playoffs a very stingy Duncanville defense Quinn threw for 393 yards in that game. So um, that was his big coming out party. Obviously a special, special player. And, um, you know, he's got a chance, I think, to be maybe, the, you know, when it's all said and done, the number one player in the country. And um, it's exciting for Texas fans that they're right in that race. Uh, number two in the state and coming in at number 14 nationally, a guy we both really loved early on and uh, good to see him get that national recognition. Devon Campbell, the offensive lineman uh, from Arlington Bowie, uh, a big body kid, but a great athlete uh, can dunk is uh, one of the better uh, strength guys. I think uh, he's going to set the uh, the Bowie deadlift record, which was set by uh, Texas uh, offensive lineman Tope Amade when he was in high school and a guy that the Bowie coaches tell me just frankly is one of the best they've ever coached. 
Yeah, absolutely. We saw Devin Campbell, I think it was like right at the end of January at uh, our good friend Coach O putting on Trench War in Dallas. And um, he was just clearly more physical than the rest of them, clearly uh, on a different level. Uh, even some kids that were 2021. 20, um, he's got incredible strength and his size, it looks, it looks natural. He looks like a really built fit kid. Uh, I haven't been able to see him in person, uh, play at Bowie. Uh, but that's definitely something I want to get to next year. Um, cause I just see that this kid is mauling kids on tape. So I would definitely love to see that in person. Yeah, just a, a really interesting, you know, guys like Cam Dewberry and, and Kelvin Banks, they got the early press in state, and for good reason. Those guys are really good players, but, uh, you know, it was Devon Campbell that really came out of nowhere to be that top-ranked offensive line guy and, and really strong season at, at Arlington Bowie. And that's one of those, you know, this will be a recurring theme we talk about, but Texas has actually been very early on a lot of these guys. They were one of the first or second to offer Devon Campbell, and they're going to be up there with a lot of these guys we've mentioned as you know one of the first or second schools to offer uh next on the list caleb burton from uh del val and or i'm sorry i skipped one denver harris from north shore the cornerback uh denver we've been talking about for forever i guess since last summer you know he was a uh, a big time guy hype wise going into the camp season we really were excited to see him on the football field this year and he didn't disappoint um number three in the state number 26 in the country uh nick you saw a lot of north shore this year outside of even just the state title game where i saw him uh give me your thoughts on denver harris I've always been a big, big Denver Harris fan. Um, I I think the first time I was able to see him this past year was against uh, Beaumont Westbrook in uh, a game where there was another pretty big sophomore uh, defensive back, Bryce Anderson. And uh, Denver Harris really came out and made his case that he was the best 2022 defensive back in that game. I actually talked about it with him before that game. He said, yeah, I just want to be the best sophomore defensive back in this game and kind of winked at me. So everything's a a competition to Denver. He's he's big-time competitive, and um, especially playing for North Shore I think that helps a lot and uh, being in the John Kay defensive system uh, that's something that not a lot of high school players get to say around this country that they can come from a level of a defense like John Kay's and uh, he's 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 smart his IQ is phenomenal from the cornerback position Um, you rarely see him make any sophomore you know dumb plays last year Uh, and even in the state title game he was coming up big Um, even though Duncanville was down Jaquindon Jackson um, they still made a run there at the fourth quarter and uh uh, the secondary as a whole, not just Denver Harris, I will say, uh, let's shut that down pretty quick. Uh, so I love Denver Harris. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, been a big fan of his for the past year. Yeah, Denver also not only John K. Defense taught by Theatis Regans, the the secondary coach there at North Shore, who uh, you know was coached uh, Anthony Cook and and Deshaun Jamison when they were at Houston Lamar, one of the better defensive back coaches in the state of Texas. A guy I've got a tremendous amount of respect for. So um, yeah, Denver, another guy that's got that five star stuff. Like he. he could definitely be in that five-star grouping near the end. Uh, number four in the state, 37th nationally, Caleb Burton, the local wide receiver from uh, from DelVal. Uh, you recently went out there to see him in action, and I think you've probably got the best pulse out of the two of us on his recruitment. So I'll, I'll give you the floor for Caleb Burton. Yeah, for Caleb Burton, uh, if we want to talk about his recruitment first, it's it's pretty wide open right now. Um, the thing not really playing into Texas's favor is that um, he is down the street in Del Valley, uh, probably about a 20-minute drive from campus, but um, he claims Houston. <laughs> he grew up in Houston, so he doesn't have much hometown attachment to UT, but I, I still think being this close to campus, it'll help uh, Texas's chances uh, and getting him to campus as many times as uh, he, uh, uh, they want to whenever this dead period 
period lifts. I know that was something he was going to try and do and get to campus probably two or three times before his junior season starts, but um, not quite sure how that's changed now. But uh, he's he's kind of a guy that's listening to everybody right now. And uh, he had a big year last year st- statistically. And uh, his coach, who's also his dad, Charles Burden, he said he played last year 85%. He was uh, working through a strained groin. So uh, it, there's a lot of potential still left in Caleb Burton's game. Uh, next year, he's returning his uh, senior quarterback as well, Jace Wilson. Uh, they found a pretty good connection there right at the end of the season. Uh, and I could see Caleb Burton becoming a big-time player for Del Valley in these next two years as well. Yeah, big-time long receiver, guy who can go deep. He can, you know, out uh, out uh, shows physicality to kind of win balls in the air. Um, kind of an all-around type of guy. Uh, number five in the state, uh, 52, uh, 52nd nationally. Brian Allen, the safety from Alito, we've talked about him a couple times over the last few weeks, but re- you know, really a guy that exploded during the playoffs for Alito, uh, showed some great stuff being able to run with guys like Malik Hornsby and Devon Chain in the state title game. Uh, it just really, if you want to build a safety, Brian Allen kind of looks like the guy you'd build. Yeah, Brian Allen. I I feel like this is like the third or fourth podcast in a row we've talked about Brian Allen, but I don't think we can get enough of him, and especially with his involvement with Texas lately and his communication with uh, Jay Valai. Um, I, you know, I like the chances at this point in his recruitment, and um, this is just a kid that we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on for many more podcasts to come. <laughs> yeah, uh, our next uh, next on the list, number six in the state, fifty fourth nationally, uh, a guy that I feel a certain attachment to, uh, Duncanville defensive end Amari Abor. Um, really a guy that we don't have secrets at Duncanville. We're around that program so often, especially over the last couple of years with Jaquinta Jackson, that it's it's very rare to find a player that we didn't know about at Duncanville. But that's just exactly what happened uh, this fall when I went to go see Duncanville play St. John's and they trotted out on the field for defense and all of a sudden they had some giant playing defensive end for him. And I'm, I'm screaming, who is this kid? Who is this kid? And I uh, look him up and he <laughs> ends up being a sophomore who's never played football before, been a basketball kid uh, his whole life. Uh, Amaria Bohr really blew me away this year. Yeah, and um, I, I didn't catch him that game. Uh, that's where your expertise kind of uh, trumps mine sometimes because we were both at that game and I saw you tweet him out after the game and I went back and kind of looked to uh, you know who he was and some uh, uh, some first couple of game tapes that he had, um, and then catching him again later in the season and seeing how physical he was and how quick he was getting to the quarterback. This is a big time dude, six four two forty. I'm excited to see how he develops now that he has a full year of football behind him. Uh, I didn't even know that little bit about that being his first year playing last year. Uh, so I, I'm I'm really excited to see. Yeah, how he I mean develops. when you talk about a basketball type athlete who's that size and rushes the passer, it just gets me all kinds of excited. Um, those guys are you know they're bouncy is what i like to call them and and bouncy often equates to uh explosive and not to mention if you've ever seen him have clips go to his twitter and find his clips of him running anchor leg on their track team this dude can roll he is a six foot four (laughs) 240 pound like just freak so uh duncanville is not slowing down if you think just because jaquinda jackson and chris thompson and those guys are gone they're slowing down don't uh you're wrong uh, number seven in the state, 55th in the country, Kobe McKenzie. We're not going to spend a lot of time on him. An Oklahoma commit, a really strong offensive, or I'm sorry, outside linebacker, uh, but um, a guy that I don't think Texas has much of a shot with. So we're just going to kind of move on at this point. Uh, number eight in the country, 57th. I'm sorry, 57th of the country, eighth in the state, uh, is Port Arthur Memorial cornerback Jalen Gilbo. Uh, a guy that last year I went out to Port Arthur in the spring to go see Jordan Thomas and notice Gilbo um, 
while I was there. A big defensive back. Um, saw him in Vegas at, at Pylon 7-on-7. He's got, not only is he big at about 6-1, but he's got the ability to play inside um, and, and stay quick with those slot receivers. I think a really versatile guy and um, you know a guy that I think Texas is prioritizing really high. Yeah, and uh, my only uh, taste of him was at the National Combine um, this past January in San Antonio, and uh, hundreds of players there, but uh, Gilbo was standing out pretty early on, and uh, we put him on that all-combine team. I think that was a decision uh, that y'all all made that was pretty quick. Uh, he was he in his one-on-ones, I don't think he got beat once I, I out of his 15 maybe he got beat once but it, it it must have been like a special receiver he was lined up against he was uh he, he made big time plays uh during that national combine and um i'm excited to see him in action this yep. year he's uh he's a he's a guy that hey, let's just talk about this 2022 corner or the you know defensive back class as a whole this thing's got the chance to be as good as 2018 was with Caden Stearns and, and BJ Foster DeMarvin Overshone Anthony Cook Jalen Green those that whole class this class has a chance to be that good when you talk about Denver Harris uh, BJ Allen uh, Jalen Gilbo and, and um you know some of the other guys we're going to get to later on this list. Bryce Anderson, right there. Yeah, too. <laughs> Austin Jordan. I mean, the, this class is is loaded at the defensive back position. Uh, let's go to number nine in the state, number sixty eight nationally, Malik Sila from uh, Katy High School, a big, long defensive end who Texas recently offered. Um, and I really like what I've seen from film on him. Nick, have you? I didn't see Katy live last year. Were you able to? Yeah, I was, and I actually uh, noticed Silla pretty early on in my first game seeing him against Atascacita. Um and he was uh, he was lined up against Dewberry in some situations, and that was fun to watch. Um, and Malik Silla kind of had his way, I will say. So Silla uh, had a, a big time uh, year last year, and every time I saw Katie, uh, he was right there uh, flushing the hole on uh, running plays and uh, getting to the quarterback on uh, pass plays as 6'5", 225 as a sophomore. This kid is going to be an absolute monster. Uh, I, I'm excited to uh, follow his recruitment and uh, follow where he goes in And number future. 10 in the state at number 76 nationally, coming right after Silla, a guy that I know when they had the rankings discussions, they compared these two and, and really tried to figure out which one would they put on top. Ernest Cooper from Arlington Martin, a weak side defensive end I, I was able to see at the next level athlete camp i saw him in the playoffs against duncanville and really he's just one of those long weak side defensive end type guys that can get after the passer bend the edge explosive first step um and in a year where texas is looking to load up on pass rushers uh you know this is a good year for it yeah i'm just going to give you the floor on ernest cooper haven't seen much from him um uh but i i am excited to get out to a camp and see him whenever this dead period if we ever have a camp again (laughs) I had a recruit tell me last night the Rona the Rona won't let me be great and I'm like won't let any of us be great man don't worry about it uh, number eleven in the uh, state number eighty nationally and he told me last night he should be way higher than that <laughs> is uh, Klein Kane running back Jadon Blue who does not lack for confidence um, but is uh, really a guy that exploded this year Texas was early on him uh, one of the first schools to offer him um, and then looked great at like the Army combines looked great at seven on seven when we've seen him uh, an all around type of back who can carry the ball he can catch the ball out of the backfield and uh, now you're new number one running back in the state of texas yeah and we love Jadon blue another kid uh i saw at the um 
national combine and I've been able to see him in some seven on seven stuff uh, recently as well. Um, it, this is a kid that, you know, can make a play and he's quick at five nine one ninety two. He's kind of, uh, he's kind of built like a little bitty truck, <laughs> but he can get it done. <laughs> he's like a little pickup truck coming out of the backfield. Uh, and, uh, I'm excited to see him in action next year. I want to see, I want to catch a Klein Kane, uh, game. Um, uh, just to see how it kind of translates to pads because I haven't quite seen that yet. Um, but even talking to him at the National Combine, he's really tight with Jalen Milrow. He's really tight with his 21 uh, uh, commit class already. Uh, so I, I'm kind of uh, excited to see Texas's involvement in the next uh, six months. All right, next on the list, at number 12th in the state, 83rd nationally, Austin Jordan, the cornerback from Denton Ryan. And really a guy that if you talk to sources at Denton Ryan will tell you we've had some freaks come through here and he's just next in line. When you look at uh, Drew Sanders, Billy Bowman, Jatavian Sanders, just in the last couple years, not to mention the guys like Mario Edwards and uh, who am I? Who I mean, there's been other guys from Ryan for sure uh, over their history. That's one of the top producing programs in the state. Those guys will tell you Austin Jordan is next in a very long line of, of absolute studs. To me, a guy that did not maybe not as polished as Denver Harris, every bit the athlete, and I think a guy that has a chance to, to really rise this year. Yeah, and Austin Jordan was a kid um, I, I picked up on kind of midseason last year. I wasn't able to see Ryan until the state championship. And by course of that, at the end of the regular season, I went ahead and just kind of went back to their tape and uh, just to kind of see, you know, how Billy was doing, how Jatavian was doing. And I kept seeing Austin Jordan popping up and making big plays. Uh, so I went to his tape and the kid is phenomenal. And I, I saw him right before the state championship and just kind of looking at the build of this kid and then seeing how he performed in the state championship. I was like, yeah, this is a dude uh he was lined up against um uh, uh remind me of the name the baylor wide receiver committed shadow creek uh uh seth jones <laughs> lost me for a second um and he was lined up against seth jones in the uh, state championship and locked him down um so this is this is a big time kid um i i'm, I'm really excited to see what he does in the next two years as yep well. uh next on our list uh from Louisville high school number 13th in the state 90 nationally uh, Monty Winfield, um, a guy that started at Louisville since he was a freshman, a big, long pass catcher. Um, really, I think he may have I, – I, I'm still interested to find out what type of athlete he is, what type of track times he could put down, testing times, those kind of things. But if you're looking for just a natural wide receiver with a big, long frame, guy who does has great body control, runs great routes, can catch the ball in any situation, that's our Monty Winfield. Yeah, and he, he almost doubled his stats from his freshman season. Granted, he was playing a lot more this year. Uh, but I feel like I've been hearing Armani, Armini Winfield's name come out of that Northwest DFW pocket for a long time. <laughs> it's, it seemed like even longer than his freshman season. Um, um, so these next two years, four-year starter, uh, and having Taylor Green as quarterback this year as well uh, for another year, um, I, I think Louisville as a whole could be pretty dangerous um, if you want to talk team-wise. Uh, but at the wide receiver position, it doesn't get much better than uh, next on our list, number 14th in the state and number 92 nationally, LSU commit Bryce Anderson. Uh, and I would say, Nick, to me, probably the, one of the safer options in the state of Texas. I think that, that there's a really good chance that he's no worse than a really good, than just a pretty solid starter in his college career. Like, that's his floor. And um, you look at his, his production on film, you look at his track times, his athletic uh, testing, the way he's performed – camps and seven on seven everything checks the boxes for me with Bryce Anderson 
Yeah, he's just a big-time dude. He's a He can get it done uh, on both sides of the ball. Uh, he's a big-time weapon for uh, the Beaumont-Westbrook offense last year. Um, it, and seeing them against North Shore right at the beginning of the game in the first quarter, they were kind of trading punches going back and forth. And then uh, later in the fourth quarter, uh, Westbrook was already down by multiple scores at this point. But Bryce Anderson kind of led them back and made it interesting for a second. Uh, so he's a big-time weapon on offense as well. This is a big-time athlete kid. But uh, obviously at the next level, he translates to a safety. Um, and he's still a big-time uh, threat in the secondary. Um, and just kind of looking at Westbrook and what they have coming over the next two years, I'm curious to see what he can do. Um, just because Westbrook, uh, they're losing a lot of talent again this year after uh, making it to the state title in 2018 uh, lost a lot of talent from that team um, but they were still able to get back to almost a 10-win season uh, and, and Bryce Anderson was a big part of that next on our list from Frisco Liberty number 15 in the state 98 nationally this is uh, to give you an idea when we talk about Texas being behind on offers we've gotten to 15th in the state this is the first player Texas that doesn't have a Texas offer so they've been pretty good and pretty aggressive on these um, and I would expect that to change fairly soon because Texas is very aware of who Frisco Liberty wide receiver Evan Stewart is. Uh, again, another freak athlete, a deep threat receiver uh, who put down a 10-700 this year. I think a 20 uh, – hold on, I've got the notes here. His uh, his uh, 200 was a 21-08, and then he uh, long jumped 24-06, triple jump 47-09, just astronomical numbers. Uh, film to back it up, um, Evan Stewart is I, – I, Nick, I don't know how familiar you are with Evan Stewart, but that's going to be a guy that that uh, really to keep an eye on this year and, and another guy who really will have the chance to rise into that top 50 range. Yeah, and I, I, there's a few Frisco ISD pass catchers that I'm liking right now in 2021 and 2022 both. Um, I, Elijah Arroyo being another one of those tied in from uh, Frisco Independence in the 21 class. Uh, but Evan Stewart last year, uh, over 700 receiving yards as a sophomore, uh, led the team. And this is a kid that's probably going to benefit the most so far out of kids we've talked about uh, by these rankings. Uh, I mean, right now he sits at five offers, only two power five from kansas and baylor um so this is a kid you should definitely look at over these next couple weeks and uh see the see the rise and see the blow up all right next on our list number 16th in the state uh 100th in the country took a tumble from being the first uh, 2022 to be ranked number one in the state uh Denison running back jadarian price and you know when people ask you know why he tumbled i think it was he had a sophomore season that was kind of full of injury and he didn't get to play as consistently as he wanted to so the film wasn't all the way there i was told by some people at Denison that he was primed to put down some absolutely ridiculous track times and athletic context numbers this year but of course, uh, the coronavirus took those all from us. So, um, you know, to me, I think Jerry Price is a guy that I've got circled as a big-time bounce-back candidate in his junior year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, his time on the field last year was almost cut in half um, as compared to his freshman year. Um, but I, in talking to him last week in Katie, and I have an article up on Horns 24-7 uh, from yesterday in our conversation, uh, his biggest focus right now is just trying to stay healthy um, and figure out how to stay healthy throughout the entire duration of the year next year. That's his biggest thing he's focusing on right now. Uh, and even when I asked him about his recruitment, I was like, so what are you looking forward to in your recruitment? He's like, well, I just got to stay healthy first so I can talk to these coaches healthy. And um, so I, I'm, I'm glad he's putting a big emphasis on it. And uh, I'm hoping he has a, a big bounce back year next year, like you said, and um, challenges for that number one spot in the state for running backs once again. Yeah, fantastic kid who really you know works his butt off. I'd really like to see him get back there. Um, number 17th in the state, 102 nationally. Nick, you know, it's my guy, Chase Biddle, the safety from <laughs> I'll Marla. let you have this one. <laughs> um, I really, 
I really Chase Biddle picked up two offers last night, including one from Texas and one from USC. I really was hoping that those schools would wait until at least today so I could write about how much I love Chase Biddle and, and how much uh, I was happy to see him debut at number 102 nationally. But a guy that um, I've seen this spring a couple times, and when, when I met him, there was just something really intriguing about him. And you find a six foot one, 185-pound safety who has filmed the way he does and runs a 10-700 in, in, as a sophomore – those guys don't grow on trees, so um, you know. To me, Biddle was was huge. I've, everybody I've sent his film to has come away very impressed. Um, I haven't had anybody, you know, come away and say, eh, "He's all right." Um, you know, everybody I, I've sent it to, you know, has has really raved about him. I think it's just a condition of Garland ISD doesn't let us in, um, so we're not as familiar with those kids. We have to see them in other settings, seven on seven and, and the like. And Chase Biddle got. Texas and USC last night, he's going to be number 102 in the country today. His profile is about to explode. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to uh, – I, I actually have Biddle's uh, notifications on. After last night, I was like, all right, I need, I need to uh, pay attention 100% to this kid because uh, he's adding to that big crop of 2022 defensive backs that you were alluding to earlier. Um, it, it's just top to bottom. It's, it's so talented in, in the 2022 class for defensive backs, and uh, Chase Biddle just adds another name to that, uh, to that list. I know you guys are tired in our group text of hearing me talk about Chase Biddle, <laughs> but uh, it, it, it was all worth it. Uh, number 18 in the state, 108th in the country, P.J. Williams, an offensive tackle from Dickinson. Um, does not have a Texas offer, but I did want to mention him. Um, is a guy I think Texas will eventually um, probably evaluate and maybe offer. Uh, Williams, uh, a big-bodied athletic offensive tackle from Dickinson. Nick, I don't know if you have any anything Yeah, a little bit. I, I think I saw his tape probably right at the end of the year. I went back and looked through all of the Dickinson players, and he was definitely one that stood out. Um, I'm glad to see that he's uh, added a Houston and LSU offer uh, over the course of the last month. So um, that respect is definitely uh, due. Uh, I, I'm excited to see how these rankings help his uh, recruiting profile as well. Number 112 nationally, number 19 in the state. Uh, P.J. Williams' teammates from, from Dickinson, Donovan Green, a tight end. Uh, and to me, probably uh, over the last couple of years, maybe the biggest big play dynamic tight end. Um, when you're looking for a guy that's basically built like a receiver, runs like a receiver, but um, is you know has that tight end frame, I think that, that that's where Donovan Green fits. It's going to be a, a slugfest for the in-state schools and the regional schools and even the national powers for Donovan Green, just because when you find a commodity like that at tight end, you really have to battle for it. But um, I, I, I really love his game. He tore up a Texas camp last year. That's where he got his offer and then went and had a great season. Yeah, and I hate to say it, but he, he reminds me of a Lincoln Riley tight end. He reminds me of a Mark Andrews, a Grant Calcaterra. Um, he can get it done on the receiving end and uh, big big plays too. Um, I think he had probably, I think it was three plays over 50 yards last year, and that's big for a tight end. Um, so uh, he, he has that big play uh, capability. Um, and uh, seeing his development over this offseason, I'm really curious uh, just to see how uh, different level he can get his junior year. Because, uh, I mean, last year, 34 receptions, 615 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, that's more than you can ask from a tight end. So uh, I'm curious to see how he uh, improves that in his junior and senior seasons. Uh, next on the list, number 20 in the state, 114 in the country, Cam Dewberry, the offensive tackle from Tascacita, 
to me, has been one of the best guys I've seen since he was a freshman, starting opposite of Kenyon Green at Tascasita. Was really good at the opening last spring um, against much older players. Um, if you're looking for a reason why he dropped the, I think the numbers just play against him. Being 295, near 300 pounds at this age is just not a great indicator for future growth. Um, but I think skill set wise, Cam Dewberry takes us a backseat to nobody. Yeah, and just another big time um, player from that Atascacita uh, offensive line. Um, honestly, the offensive line and defensive line coming up in these next two, three years, even in the 2023 class, there's a big time defensive lineman uh, coming out of Atascacita. It, it's something to keep an eye on. Um, they're building something pretty special down in Humble, um, and Cam Dewberry is the is the face of that. Uh, next on our list, number uh, 21 in the state, 126th nationally is Kelvin Banks, the offensive tackle, uh, committed to Oklahoma State. Committed to Oklahoma State very early, and um, I kind of wonder, I always am dubious of those early commitments to Oklahoma State because it seems like they happen a lot. Then guys come off of them, like think of uh, maybe like Josh White, the corner, uh, the linebacker from last year who was committed to Oklahoma State very early. But uh, Bake seems locked in for now. Um, I haven't seen a ton of him. He's from Summer Creek High School in Humble. Um, I've seen some film, but haven't seen anything of him live. Nick, what, what do you know yeah, about Yeah, that's him? about the same thing. I was going to probably say the exact same thing. A little bit of film, um, not much else. Uh, I actually did see a couple of clips last night of Kelvin Banks, and kind of I was just kind of comparing some uh, in-state offensive tackles specifically, and uh, he was on that list. But um, I, I think he's a kid that um, – I think he's a kid that has a high floor. Uh, I'm not quite sure of his ceiling quite yet. Um, but I, if he does end up sticking with that Oklahoma State commit, I think that would be a pretty good spot for him um, and kind of seeing how he plays and uh, seeing the level of play that he gets to. Um, and I don't know. I'm just kind of curious to see how uh, hard of a commit he is. I want to talk to him sometime soon. <laughs> Here's, a, here's an example of how strong this uh, corner or this DB class is. In most years, Texas would probably be all over our number 22 guy in the state, 136 nationally. Julian Humphrey, a corner who, Nick, you pointed out to me at the All-American Combine, great size, great ability, all that. That This class is so deep, they just haven't got to him yet. And I think that that, that speaks to that. I mean, this is a kid that's going to have a chance to go to places like Ohio State, LSU. I mean, he's going to have his offers for sure. Uh, Nick, tell me about what you like about Julian Humphrey. Uh, Julian Humphrey, he's, he's not only a fantastic player, I'll get to that in a minute, but he's just a cool dude. Uh, I think we talked to him probably two or three times during that uh uh, during the National Combine Week, and uh, he's just a cool dude, and um, he actually come from our good friend Brian Peroni's uh, alma mater, Clear Lake, um, and so there's he was already kind of uh, linking up with us um, at National Combine Week, and then seeing him in action in the one-on-ones and going up against some uh, pretty tough receivers. There's a 21 receiver out of uh, the Florida area, Samaj James from Leon High School in Tallahassee, and uh, he was matched up with him in a one-on-one, and he just dominated him, and uh, Samaj James had about a two- or three-inch uh, advantage on him, and Julian Humphrey still locked him down, and uh, seeing him in seven-on-seven action, it's more of the same, and so uh, this is a kid, it's like you said, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of in a way, um, not uh, proactive that uh, Texas you know, has this big pool of uh, defensive backs to choose from uh, just because there might be kids like Julian Humphrey that get left out, which is insane to think of. But uh, I I still think probably a year from now, this is a big time name we'll be following pretty closely. Our next on the list, another Garland high guy, Uh, another guy that, that at the same time I noticed Chase Biddle, I noticed Jordan Hudson, a, uh, number 23 in the state, number 164 in the country. We haven't listed as a wide receiver. I would almost list him as an athlete. Um, Texas offered him last night as a defensive back. 
I went out to that pylon seven on seven camp. I was standing with Greg Biggins, our West Coast scout, um, who is very good at identifying talent. And he points at the team grind corner and goes, who is that? And I didn't know. I didn't know the kid. Uh, again, a Garland kid. Uh, Garland ISD, if you want us to know your kids, let us in. Um, <laughs> and he was locking down everybody. He was the best corner at this tournament. And this is a mega tournament. We had five-star corners all over the place. Jordan Hudson was the best cornerback there. And I, I don't like it. I don't think it was close. They had seven or eight interceptions on the week. Um he looked like the second coming of Jalen Green when I saw Jalen Green in high school. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that, again, we're putting Garland back on the map uh, with these two offers. Garland High, who, Nick, I don't know if you, I mean, I don't know if you really recall Garland High. When I was a kid and even when I was in high school and right out of it, Garland High was a powerhouse and a lot of great athletes coming out of there. Um, good to see Biddle and Hudson coming out of there. Yeah, group. trust me, growing up in Rockwell, I've heard the history about Garland High and Garland ISD's success in past years because um, that's all they've been able to live on in the past 10 years, I must say. There's a little bit of a rivalry kicking up now. Um, but yeah, uh, big-time wide receiver um, and uh, big-time athlete prospect. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see what uh, if he locks down uh, one position or if he tries to play that athlete role. Um, so that's something we'll probably have to keep an eye on uh, over these next six months. That's probably going to be the biggest uh, window of when he could probably lock that down. Speaking of athletes, number 24 in the state, number 186 in the country. Uh, the man who, who I would say made the single biggest play in the state championship game uh, for your Creek boys, uh, Randy, uh, parentheses, I believe they call him Bobo yep. <laughs> Masters, um, a, a big-time receiver, I think, that jumped out to me. He doesn't get to play at Shadow Creek because they're so deep. He just gets in on kick returns and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, he's a big time guy, and uh, that the big time play he was alluding to was that uh, punt that kind of dribbled uh, near the sideline, and uh, everyone just kind of let it roll out. And I guess Ryan was just going to let it roll out of bounds, and Bobo just walked up to it, ran the sideline for about thirty nine yards for the touchdown. Uh, and I think he was number two on Sports Center that night, so uh, he had a pretty good night and came out came out with a ring. Uh, but Bobo, I was able to see Shadow Creek, I believe, three times last year, and uh, Bobo was making big plays in special teams, um, and he. He actually did get in uh, as a defensive back uh, against Hightower, um, and he matched up against Latrell Neville in a couple of situations. And uh, he, he's just a big time play guy, and he's a guy you could put anywhere. He's a true athlete prospect, and uh, I I'm really curious to see how Shadow Creek uses him next year. Now that some guys have graduated and he has some spots open, um, he might be a guy that they go ahead and flip over to that wide receiver position for good. Um, but uh, I I'm, I want to get out to Shadow Creek once uh, once the world stops ending and. Uh, 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 figure out what's going on with Bobo. All right, next on the list, number 25 in the state, 212 nationally. Uh, from Argyle Liberty Christian, the son of NFL great Donald Driver. It is Christian Driver, uh, a safety. I saw him last year. I expected a lot more when I saw him in action um, for, for Liberty Christian against All States Episcopal School. Um, I've, I'd heard a lot about a lot of college coaches seeing him and, and immediately thinking, you know, this kid's a freak. But he didn't blow me away. Um, was really interested to see him in camps and stuff this year. Again, this is just uh, the Rona won't let us be great, man. <laughs> but um, I think uh, I think a, a guy that's got all the athletic tools, got the athletic package, but I really want to see a lot more on film from him. Yeah, I haven't seen much film from him, I will say, but uh, he is a big name that jumped out pretty early on in this 2022 class, and he's taken a bit of a tumble, but I mean, 32 offers speak for themselves, um, so... Uh, 
Uh, I'm curious to see how involved schools get, uh, maybe if they lay back a little bit and wait for a bigger uh, data pool on him, uh, wait until after his junior season to kind of reevaluate him. Um, This is just a name that uh, looking for uh, for a bounce back year in 2020. Next on our list, number 215 nationally, number 26 in the state, a guy that's got the best physique probably of anybody in the state of Texas. From Nolan Catholic, uh, a running back, uh, we kind of like him almost as a linebacker, a Mecca Megua, and I think that's why he dropped. I mean, he's a, he's a running back, but right now he's already really, really big for his age, um, and I think that that positional ambiguity is what's what's kind of keeping him uh from rising he isn't a heck of an athlete Uh, he's built like a like a greek god but uh right now we we think we see more on the defensive side of the ball yeah i mean he almost did have six and a half yards per carry as a running back last year but uh, i i like the perspective of looking at him more on the defensive side of the ball um he is a kid that is uh that could be pretty aggressive on the defensive end. So uh, definitely want to get out to Nolan Catholic a couple of times next year and uh, see what his involvement is. I'll say this too about him. Every time I've gone to a game and it just may be that I'm bad luck, he's gotten hurt <laughs> like really early into the game. So like I went and saw him in the playoffs this year and he had like 88 yards in the first quarter and then pulled a hamstring or something. So uh, I've just never got to see a full game from him. Uh, next on our list, uh, a bit of a surprise. Um, uh, number 27th in the state, 224 nationally. I'll pull back the curtain a little bit for Jalen Early, the offensive tackle from Duncanville. Um, this is a guy that, uh, you know, we're always involved in the recruiting or in the rankings process as far as, hey, give me your opinion on some guys you've seen that you think. And, and all we do really is give names um, and give our opinions on the way they play, and then those go up to our rankings council for them to evaluate. Jalen Early was a guy I saw just going through players he was playing on the defensive line, um, but a big, long, uh, athletic prospect. Another, another big monster at uh, at Duncanville. Yeah, this is a kid I'm not that familiar with. Um, I, I want to get back and watch some film now that I'm looking at him. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. I think he could be one of those guys that plays either side of the ball. And um, again, it's just <laughs> if you thought Duncanville was slowing down, you're wrong. Um, number twenty eighth in the state. Number. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Actually, we're gonna we had a late entry, uh, so I'm gonna put him in here. Number 28th in the state, number 239 nationally. Brennan Thompson, an athlete from Spearman, Texas, in the Panhandle. So another Jalen Conyers type of kid, um, and really jumped onto the scene with a uh, just gotten off from Nebraska, a 21.5, a 200, and a 10.32, 100 meters. That is moving. The tape backs it up. The athletic context is there. Uh, Brennan Thompson is about to be one of the bigger names in the state of Texas. I know, Nick, you haven't seen a ton of him, so um, I just wanted to mention him as a guy to, to keep an yeah, eye on. Yeah, absolutely. West Texas love. Uh, yeah, they're coming back a little <laughs> bit. Uh, number 20, uh, 29th in the state, uh, 241 in the country. From Austin-Westlake High School, the quarterback, Kay Klubnik, uh, led, uh, led the Chaps to a state championship this year. I will say this. Um, I was impressed with the way he threw the ball at state. Uh, and a, a Power 5 offensive coordinator told me the other day that he thinks that Klubnik can be not nearly as good as Quinn Ewers by the time everything is said and done. So that's really high praise to me, a guy that I'll be keeping an eye on for sure. He also looks exactly like Chandler Morris. I wanted to throw that out there. But uh, it's really uh, it's really interesting that he's the number two quarterback in the state. Uh, there's a 
pretty solid group of quarterbacks in 2022 uh, in the state of Texas. Uh, guys like Garrett Rangel from Frisco Lone Star, uh, Braden Log from uh, Rockwall, um, and, and some others even right here in the Austin area, Grayson Doggett from Hutto. Um, but I, I like the Klubnik pick. Uh, I, I think it was one I wasn't quite expecting. Um, and he's only holding six offers right now, and they've all pretty much come since uh, his state title run. Um, and I went back and watched his film last night, and uh, – I, I will say last night I went back and I was like, I don't think he's the number two quarterback in the state. And I go and I watch his film and I finish watching it. I'm like, okay, I can see it now. Uh, the kid is a gamer. Uh, he can make some difficult throws. Um, he is still pretty raw. There are some things that he can improve on for sure. Um, but he's, he's a winner. You can't, you can't knock that. I mean, in a sophomore year winning a state championship, uh, there's few quarterbacks in the past 10 years that have done that. Demetrius Davis being one, Kyler Murray being one. Um, so uh, he has something that uh, no other 2022 quarterback has uh, right now, and that's a ring on his finger. All right, next on our list, uh, 20, uh, 30th in the state, uh, number 244 nationally, Bear Alexander, defensive tackle from Skyline, uh, a monstrous man, uh, as his name Bear suggests. But, uh, you know, as you've seen here, uh, I think that really his his being ineligible this year at Skyline and having to play JV is, is taking a tumble in his ranking. Yeah, for sure. I would also say, I would also say, um, as I mentioned with Dewberry, like it's just it's not great for trending when guys are that big that early. Yeah, that year on JV definitely hurt him, and I think that's like you said, that's where we see the tumble in the rankings. Uh, he's a big kid. I'm trying to see how that weight uh, translates to the field. Uh, that's something definitely to keep an eye on next year. And Skyline is in a much more competitive district next year, uh, which uh, with some of the Rockwall schools, some of the Mesquite schools, uh, and seeing him against some pretty talented offenses, I, I'm excited to see. Yeah, uh, that it'll be interesting to see him on the field for sure. Um, and then last on the list, number thirty-first in the state, uh, two forty-six nationally, Lakester wide receiver Faison Williams, a guy Texas brought in um, for a junior day visit a, a couple weeks ago, but uh, really a guy that we saw blow up this spring in seven-on-seven work. Big framed receiver, uh, he could go up, he can get it, he can uh, run routes, he can you know he can go deep, he can just about do it all. Yeah, Faison is a kid that I, I've really liked from the 7-on-7 seven seven circuit as well. I've seen him a couple of times play for Team Grind uh, and was able to see him in my last event before the quarantine uh, out in Katy uh, at the championship 7v7 where Team Grind took home that regional tournament win. And uh, just they just throw it up to him. Braden Shager and Faison Wilson, they have a lethal connection right now, uh, and hopefully they haven't played for the last time in the 7-on-7 seven seven circuit. But um, he Shager just throws it up and Wilson makes the play and uh that's kind of been the uh that's kind of been the name of the game for team grind and uh these past few months and uh hopefully uh, we'll be able to see him again but if not we'll be able to see him again at Lancaster next year and um he, he's definitely got a long way to go but I'm excited to see where he goes yep so uh a loaded class uh, 31 kids in the, in the top 247 that's a really good percentage once again um Texas is is not slowing down on on talent production and um, that's kind of the breakdown we've got for you today. So we hope you enjoyed it. We hope it provided uh, a little bit of a of a distraction for you. Um, as always, we would love you to go over to our, our pages and um, you know our, our iTunes, our Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all those, and, and like, subscribe, review, all those things that help the show. Um, you can check us out on Twitter. I'm Mike Roach247. Nick is Nick Harris247. Um, and we appreciate you guys for listening. We'll be back later in the week, of course, with our, our mailbag edition. But Nick, anything to add before we get out of here? No, that's it. Um, just really excited about this 2022 class. I've been looking forward to these rankings, and I, I'm really looking forward to getting in the film room and uh, uh, looking at these kids more in depth now. 
Absolutely. All right. We thank you guys for listening, and we'll uh, we'll see you uh, later in the week. <laughs>